this is uh, Pastor Appreciation Month, and um, so we're going to do a, a couple things. There's a couple more videos we're going to show. Um, if you're if you've been here the past uh, four weeks, you've heard Pastor Don uh, talk about the transition we're in, and um, and I'll be honest. I have a whole lot of things I want to say about that, but I'm not going to say them this month because I'm still scared. So I need about a month to like process the whole thing, and then uh, I'll come back to you next month with something I'm a little more confident about. <laughs> but I am going to talk about something uh, in October that I'm very confident about. But before we go into that, I want to uh, show you a couple of videos that we did. Uh, both of them are very important. One of them is going to let you know something that's coming up, and then... Um, and then we got an, another special video we're going to show. So uh, I think this is Brendan Farrell giving you uh, a little insight into what's coming up in a couple weeks. Hey, let's roll that one. Hey, HC family. I wanted to let you know about a great opportunity coming up. As you probably already know, our lead pastor is retiring in November. It just so happens that October is Pastor Appreciation Month. I think it's fitting that we have an opportunity as a family to celebrate the blessing that Pastor Don has been to Hedgesville Church. On Sunday, October 16th, we're going to gather together for lunch after we worship together to celebrate Pastor Don. So I'm inviting you to mark it on your calendars and plan to have lunch with us. I'd also like you to take a few days and think of a meaningful way to show your appreciation to him. Please join us in honoring our pastor on October 16th. We'll see you there. Good deal. So hopefully you'll join us the 16th after our second service, and we're just going to have a dinner honoring Pastor Don. I was just thinking, either, either this is a great coincidence or he's a master planner. Uh, like, man, I, when I retire, I want to go out right at Pastor Appreciation Month. That's genius. His birthday is in November. He didn't plan it. It's just the way it happened. But we're going to take advantage of it. Amen? Amen. And so you should do that. Uh, show up on the 16th. We'll have plenty of room. And make sure you are uh, heartfelt uh, thinking about what you can do to honor him and uh, what he's done for us here at this church. So make sure you're planning on that the 16th. That's a couple weeks. So we're making plans and uh, looking forward to it. So when you've been doing ministry as long as Pastor Don has, uh, you, you get to know some different people and, um, and you become important to some people. So... Uh, over the next couple of weeks, you're going to see some videos from people like that. And so uh, why don't you watch uh, two folks here that uh, want to say something. Hey, Pastor Don, just wanted to take a few moments and just say how much we appreciate you. Congratulations on your retirement. Man, the church has done some amazing things and you've laid a great legacy. So just want to say, man, congratulations. Now the fun can begin. Enjoy yourself. Have a great day. Hi, Don. Thinking back to when I first met you, Brother Thomas and I, when you came on staff, you and Linda, in Chesapeake, Virginia, at Bethel. Now, many, many years have gone by, and here you are at retirement. Hard to believe in some ways. Just wanted you to know how much you are appreciated by Brother Thomas, who's all now with the Lord, and by me. I appreciate your faithfulness to the Lord and your steadfastness and staying true. I appreciate you and Linda 
so much. And I desire the very best for you and, and, uh, and your family. God bless you and keep you and guide you in the days to come. That was cool, wasn't it? The first video was our uh, district youth director, John May. Uh, that was right after he got a mugshot, it looked like. Uh, but um, uh, he did that for us. And then the second video was, that's who you talked about last week. You were, you were a youth pastor at, that was um, the Thomases. And uh, that was their first place. So we were able to track her down and, uh, and get her own video. How, how old is she now? She's Oh, she's pretty young. She's 83. She did really great on the camera, so uh, you'll be seeing a little bit more of stuff like that in the next few weeks, but um, I want to talk about honor today, and uh, uh, why don't we stand, and we'll read some scripture together. Luke chapter 4, we'll start in verse 14, and we'll read till I get tired. says, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me. To proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed The gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son, they asked? Jesus said to them, Surely you will quote this proverb to me, Physician, heal yourself, and you will tell me. Do here in your hometown what what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. Truly I tell you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time. When the sky was shut for three and a half years, when there was a severe famine throughout the land, yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath, in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha, the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman, Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of town, took him to the brow of the hill, in which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. Father, we thank you for your word today, Lord. It can change us. It can change us today. And we ask that you'd open our eyes, that we could see it, open our hearts, that we could receive it, God. And then let us not forget it when we walk out. We thank you for it. In Christ's name, we pray. And everyone said, amen and amen. Turn around tell somebody it's your choice. As you're being seated, it's your choice. It's your choice. Jesus has been gaining popularity at this time. Uh, And I just want to mention, this is 
a cliff note version of this is found in Matthew and Mark. And it may seem like it's a different, a kind of a different story, but pretty far back in Christian history, they believe that these, all three of these accounts are the same. Uh, but Luke gives a lot of detail. In Matthew and Mark, it pretty much says that Jesus was gaining popularity, goes back to his hometown, and he, he says a couple things in the synagogue, and he realized, and, 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 and the people's unbelief kept him from doing any miracles as he was doing in other places. And then when you get to Luke, he gives a really detailed description of what he actually said and what went on there. And so um, Jesus began gaining popularity, been healing people, preaching in synagogues, as was his custom to go into a town and then go into the synagogue and teach. And people were baffled by his knowledge and his wisdom and, and his power. And so he comes to Nazareth, which at that time wasn't popular. It wasn't like today, like, oh, we're going to go back where Jesus was raised. No, it wasn't a big deal. There really wasn't anything there. And so he comes back. And he goes into the synagogue, and he begins to, and, and actually, in that day, it was customary, if there was a visiting rabbi, they'd let him read from the scroll. And so, evidently, that's what they do. He stands up, at, now picture everybody being seated, and he stands up, the attendant hands him the scroll, he flips it open, it's Isaiah, and he, and he rolls down to, the, to what he reads. And it's powerful stuff. He's talking about freedom and for captives and all kinds of great. This is the year of the Lord's favor. And the Jews there would have known that to be a reference to the year of Jubilee. And and you can do a little research on that. But he says a lot of good things and he quotes them. And then the customary thing would be he'd roll it back up, hand it back to the attendant. He'd sit down and then they would discuss it. He would teach them on it. So now he's sitting down and he says, today, this has been fulfilled in your hearing. And everybody's like, oh, wow, man, it's so nice. Isn't this awesome? And that's when things start to go kind of weird, right after that. Uh, how do you listen to the radio a lot? Anybody listen to the radio? The rest of you should try it out. I know it's old technology, but don't, don't look at me uh, poorly, but I listen, I, I listen to some music on the radio, but I listen to a lot of talk radio. I, um, I think it makes you smarter because you have to process what people are saying while you're driving. And uh, you ever see me veering off the road? It's because I'm like, that's not true. That's not. You never do that with music, do you? So I have listened to talk radio for a long, long, long time. I listen to all kinds of people on talk radio. You think I only listen to political stuff because that's what you associate with talk radio. But on Saturdays, I I listen to a gardening program. On Saturdays, I listen to investment programs, and, and I just like listening to talk radio. I listen to a lawyer on Saturdays that tells you what to do with your will. I was listening to him this Saturday, and he'll tell you what, uh, what to do with your trust and your irrevocable trust. That's about as much as I know. But um, the amazing part about the radio is now I can get it on my phone. Uh, there's a little app called iHeartRadio. And there's never any static. It is amazing. Because if you, if you're listen, used to listen to talk radio back in the day when I first started listening to it, I had to listen to it on the AM side. Everybody go, oh, the AM side, man, that's rough, isn't it? It's like static city 
all the time, static, static, static. And, and it's just difficult sometimes, but I, you can ask my wife, I'm the master at overcoming static. Because if I could catch every like third word, I'll stay on the radio station. Just in hopes that it'll come in clearer. Is that true? And she's over there spazzing out, having seizures, like, you got to change the station. I'm like, no, it's so interesting. (laughs) You should. I'm like, man, this is a great, I would never miss this. So then one of my radio stations uh, became an FM, or got on the FM side, and it was like, it was like the favor of God had landed on me. And I was like, oh, FM radio sounds so good. Now, back when I was in high school, I messed around with um, car stereo equipment a lot. And um, back then, we'd get the worst car you could get because that's all you could afford, and you'd put the most expensive stereo equipment in it. So I had an Escort L, which did not stand for luxury. (laughs) My grandfather had a service station at the time, and I think he had to put up, somebody traded it in, and I think he had to put 500 bucks in it just for me to drive it home. Um, we had to weld the firewall on the car because it was cra- it was just a it was just a mess. I had a thousand dollars worth of stereo equipment in that car. Back then, if you could make the license plate rattle, you were you were something to be seen at school, man. So I loved installing radios. I loved messing with them. I loved all kinds of stuff about that. I loved listening to music on it. Then when I got a little older, I loved listening to talk radio on, on my car stereo. And so one of the things that you'll re- know is that static is the enemy to anything on the radio, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it's just the enemy. And so I, I, I really love my iHeartRadio app because I can, and this isn't a plug for them, but I can drive from here to wherever, and as long as I have cell service, I can pick up my favorite radio station. And so that used to not be, that used to, like, you'd be driving and you'd get a little farther away and then all of a sudden the static would happen and you you, you hit seek and you're just praying that it's on another station and you just keep hitting seek. Oh, come on, Lord. Come on, Lord. I can't miss this. He's right to the good part. I need to hear it. You just keep, and then, and then you realize it's not going to come in and then you're just mad the rest of the day. I don't know about it, but I'm, it's important to me. It's important to me. Honor is, is a thing that uh, I, I've preached on this before, and, and some of you know I've, I haven't always been good at it. And I think it's like most things that you realize that are important in your life, if you will focus on them, then you get, you'll get better at it. And early on, uh, I didn't think it was that big a deal, so um, I didn't spend a lot of time on it. And then later on, I figured out how big a deal it was and just determined that I was going to be at least decent at it and work hard. Uh, to be better. Honor is a choice. Honor is different than a lot of other things. Um, you can give appreciation uh, because of what somebody's done. You can give uh, applause for what somebody's done. You can give all kinds of accolades for what somebody's done. Uh, and it's always based on what they did. Honor doesn't necessarily have to be that way. Okay? That's like I tell my kids, to call the president Mr. President, or say he, the, the president. Uh, don't just use his last name, because I don't care who's president, I want you to honor the position of president. Come on, somebody say amen about that. Amen. I want you to honor the police. 
I want you to honor your school teacher. Matter of fact, I believe the school teacher every time. I've had my kids come home and be like, whoa, the teacher. I'm like, lie. It's your fault. Go back and fix it. I once told one of my kids, I was like, hey, you, it, like, you won't come out of your bedroom unless you, un, until you talk to your teacher and fix it and get it figured out. And then he was like, I already have. I'm like, why did you tell me that? I've been yelling at you for an hour. Um, <laughs> honor is something that we give, right? It's a choice. You honor the king. You honor the president. You honor law enforcement. You honor your boss. Now, the tricky part is, a lot of times with honor, is that static can get in the way, just like a radio station. And I want to talk to you this morning about a thing I call the static of familiarity, being familiar with people. Because I believe it's easier to honor people that you don't know anything about, right? That's why, that's why you'll listen to somebody on TV and believe everything they say, because you don't know them. You don't know. You're like, oh, this guy's 100% right. Well, if you knew what his wife knew, you wouldn't believe that. Right? So a lot of times in our relationships where we need to be giving honor, we have this issue. It's static in the relationship. And, and it's called familiarity. I know what you did last summer, right? That's an old movie. It's not even funny anymore. Like, I know things about you. And you know things about me. And then when it comes time to give honor where honor is due, what happens? We start to think back to what we know about that person. Isn't that true? Come on, you can say amen louder than that. You're doing it right now. You're like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. We do that. And it's a static of familiarity. And so what Jesus is doing here is Jesus comes back to his hometown. Now, I told you. This is not like how we treat Nazareth or any of those places he was at today where you're going to make a pilgrimage back and see where Jesus was raised and it means so much. Jesus came from a, he was raised in a town that meant nothing. There was nothing special about it. There was nothing great about it. And so the people had, had a certain viewpoint about Jesus. Remember, these people were around when he was raised, right? So Jesus comes into the synagogue. He's been in the surrounding areas. He's been, has an amazing reputation for teaching and healing people. He comes into the synagogue of the town where he was raised and he walks in and he starts saying some nice stuff. Everybody can honor people that say nice stuff, right? Your wife's the best wife in the world when she's complimenting you. Amen. Amen. <laughs> When she's telling you to pick your underwear up off the floor for the fourth time, you're like, but you're like, a, a nagging wife is like a dripping faucet. <laughs> and, and, then it, and then if she's like, hey, I think you should, you're like, hey, get off my back. You, I, I picked up my underwear. What else do you want from me? Right? Oh, wives, it goes both ways. But I'll stay away from that today. I know where I can play around and where I'm not allowed. <laughs> Jesus comes in and he reads from the scroll of Isaiah and he says some really nice things. He sits down 
They're all positive things that he reads. He sits down and he says, today these words have been fulfilled in your hearing. This, what I just read is fulfilled now in your hearing. And you see a picture of everybody looking around like, man, this guy's awesome. He's proclaiming freedom to the captives. He's proclaiming the year of Jubilee. Man, all his words are so good. He's, he's awesome. And then there becomes a little static in the channel. And he begins to say a couple things that they don't like. And then you start seeing a shift in their mentality to it. So he says a couple more things. He sits down. Today, this has been fulfilled in your hearing. Oh, Jesus is so awesome, man. Man, he's so great. And let me tell you something. There's going to be a day where you're going to say, why don't you do the things you did everywhere else here? Well, wait a second. That sounded kind of mean. Why, why all of a sudden is he, is he saying stuff like this? Hey, there's going to come a day. There's going to come a day where you're going to be really harsh towards me. Matter of fact, there, listen to this. There was a time, there was a time in Elijah's time, that there was a whole bunch of Jewish people from Israel that were having a really, really hard time because of a famine. And you know what? God didn't send God didn't send anyone to them. He actually sent the prophet to a woman in Zarephath and helped her out. And they went, well, hey, wait a second. Gives you the right. And then you start to see revealed the static of familiarity. Wait a second, isn't this Joseph's son? He lived, you remember where he lived? Ain't even a nice house. Dad was a carpenter. Didn't have as good a job as my dad. Now he's in here telling us what, what's going on. What? Are you kidding me? Now, not to get too deep in the weeds, but in, but in the other versions, they actually say things like, isn't this Mary's son? Now, back then, there was a little, there was a little, you know how gossip starts, don't you? Well, don't you remember? Don't you remember that Mary wasn't even married? When she got pregnant? Wait a second, isn't this Mary's son? Like with a little hint that, that he was born out of wedlock. That he was, that he might not have been Joseph's son. That, oh, wow, wait a second, isn't this Mary's son? This is, we can't, who does he think he is coming in here talking to us this way? We know how he grew up. We know who his parents are. We know his brothers and sisters. We know this whole family. And now he's coming back here. And now he's going to try to tell us what to do. The static familiarity. We're not having it. I remember my brother is two years younger than me. And has done a lot of stuff that I'll never get to do. And I'm proud of him for it. He was served in the military a long time. He's still in the military. He's been deployed a bunch of times. And, and, but he's two years younger than me. <laughs> Tell me what to do. I'm 40 years old. You're 38. You don't know nothing. Hey, come on. Don't you do your brothers and sisters like that? You're like, I'm the youngest. I just listen to everybody. You know, familiarity. We grew up together. I know, I know how you used to be. I know how you are right now. 
right? It's hard to accept things from people when you know things about people, isn't it? And the idea, that the, the crazy part is Jesus never even sinned. It was just people had concepts about him, about, hey, well, he was Joseph and Mary's son. Like, he's nothing special as Nazareth. Why? He didn't come from anything special. Man, I'm not even sure it was Joseph's son, Mary. You heard that whole thing about Mary. Now, 30 years later, they want us to forget it. He's coming in here telling us all this stuff. This is crazy talk. It's crazy talk. Why he, He's going to heal all those people out there that come in and not do anything here. Who does he think he is? And so often in our, ta- in our lives, we will withhold honor because we know certain things, don't we? Come on, say amen. The issue is, is oftentimes our expectations are ones that we can't even keep, aren't they? Here's what I figured out about radio stations. Early on in my experience with car radio systems, by the way, I, I do, I still like a, I was a little disappointed we got a Honda CRV and, you know, like my wife's going to drive it, so I don't even care what kind of motor it's got in it, whatever. But I thought, as long as I get in it and it's got a good radio. And, and she was really excited about this car, and I got in it. You know, and the low end's just kind of lacking. You know, it's just kind of wish it was a little more. We may upgrade it later, I'm not sure. But, um. but one thing I found out was that we oftentimes, when the radio station is not coming in, we blame the radio station for not having enough power, don't we? I remember that. Like, man, this radio station was better. I could hear it farther away. Like the expectation is I should be able to hear a radio station in California from over here. And it's the radio station's fault for not being more powerful. And so oftentimes what we do is when we start getting static in between us and the people that God has called us to honor, what we do is we blame the source instead of the receiver. We oftentimes we go, well, if my dad was... X, Y, and Z, I'd honor him more. Oh, I don't, but see, here's the issue. I don't see that anywhere in scripture. I don't see conditionality when it comes to honoring your parents. It says, honor your mother and your father. This is the first commandment with a promise. And you know what the promise is? You won't die early. That's the promise. Right? Does it say, honor your mother and your father? And, and God will give you a long life. You know why? Because when they say don't walk out in the street, you shouldn't walk out in the street. Look both ways. I ain't got to do that. I ain't got to honor you. <laughs> uh, so you could have had a long life, but you chose not to honor. I'm just really practical and it says that. I don't think there's any spirituality. I'm just like, listen, listen to your parents. They're trying to keep you alive. So what happens is, is because we grew up with our fathers, right? We grew up with our mothers. We know that they're not perfect. We grew up with our brothers and sisters. We know they're not perfect. And the static of familiarity gets in there. And instead of us choosing to honor, we say we will honor conditionally when the radio station gets more powerful, I'll be able to get the signal. Right? So we always put the, we always put the 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 issue on the other person and we say well if you were better at what you were doing then i could honor you for it 
If we had a better president, I'd honor the presidency. No, you won't. Come on, you'll be just as mad as the next guy. Come on, Americans love being mad. Don't we? Well, if, well, if my kid had better teachers, I'd have them honor him, them. Well, if you, honor, if you had your kids honor the teacher, they may end up being better. Come on, amen? I had a conversation with a guy last night. Uh, I, I'd, I'd done a wedding in Berkeley Springs, and, and I was sitting beside uh, a guy that I've gotten to know a little bit over the last couple of years. He's a great guy. He was a cop for a couple of years in New Jersey. That's where he's from. And we started talking about all the issues and stuff like that. And I just said this. I said, you know what? I just choose to do what they say. I don't get pulled over very often. It's been years since I've been pulled over. But I remember getting pulled over one time. Is there any cops in here? Any police officers? Uh, like everything I'm going to say is positive. <laughs> I, I remember getting pulled over one time. Wow, this was probably, I think the last time I got pulled over was like 18 years ago. The Lord saved me, redeemed me, set me free from speeding and getting caught. He set me free from getting caught, not speeding. Um, so, so I got pulled over. I was in like Woodstock, Virginia area, and I was flying, like 68 to 45, just getting it. You know, I got the radio on. I'm listening to talk radio. I'm like, that's a good day. I don't know. I paid attention. And uh, so the, so the uh, state trooper pulls me over, and, and he was not very nice. I was breaking the law. And I told, I told my friend yesterday, I said, you know what? I just choose to honor and respect because I don't know what that guy had to do a half an hour before he got to me. Come on, somebody say amen. I don't know. I don't know what he just walked through before he got to me. And I was breaking the law. So he pulls me over and he doesn't say, hey, sir, I hope you're having a great day. Like, I'm going to write you a ticket, but I want this to be the best experience you've ever had. He didn't say that. He said, driver's license registration. I thought, well, boy, he's abrupt. (laughs) But I've just chosen to say, you know what? He's in a position that should be honored. Come on, church. He's in a position that should be honored. And I don't know about you. But honoring, honoring police officers is a lot like honoring your parents. It's, a, it's the second command with the promise. You have a long life. I'm, I'm just sick to my stomach that we live in a society where it's so easy to write somebody off and dishonor somebody that the Lord has promoted them to a position. And just because they're not absolutely 100% perfect all the time, we, can, we, we feel, we feel the, 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 the freedom to just write them off. And that trickles down into our families. It trickles down into our churches. It trickles down into our schools. It trickles all down. And so now nobody is worthy of honor. That's a, that's a bad day. Jesus, the Son of God, Emmanuel, God with us, came down to earth, born of a virgin Mary, walks into his hometown and says a couple tough things. And they want to drag him to the top of a hill and throw him off. Like, we know you. Have any right to say that to us? The static of familiarity. I got great parents. None of you must know them. (laughs) 
I got great parents. Oh, yeah, supportive. That's great. Sympathy support. You're like, oh, well. I got great parents. And, um, but there's been times in my life where I, where I have not honored them like I should. Because, what? Because my dad spanked me when I didn't think he should have? Because when it was my brother's fault? Listen, if you got spanked, you deserved it. Because you didn't get spanked the other time you deserved it. So it was just making up for it. But you have to get over people doing everything you want them to do. And the closer you are to somebody, the more you're going to see that type of stuff. With your husband and your wife, the more you're going to see it. Well, I'm not going to honor my wife because she doesn't fix dinner the way I want to. What? Honor your wife and order pizza and keep your mouth shut. Ladies, come on. <laughs> the truth is oftentimes broadcast on a station that you can't hear and has nothing to do with the broadcast. You can't hear it. You've turned it off. Your receiver is busted. Jesus says, surely you will quote the proverb to me, physician, heal yourself, and you'll tell me, do here in your hometown what you've heard, what we've heard that you did in Capernaum. Truly, I tell you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you, there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years. There was severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath. You know what Jesus is doing here? Jesus is saying, listen, you rejected God's people. And he went outside of Israel and helped people and didn't help Israel. And they became inflamed when he said that. If you withhold honor because the people closest to you say something you don't like, then it's your fault. It's your choice. It's your choice. At 40 years old, if my dad walks in and says, listen, I don't think you're doing that right. I don't go, I'm not giving you any credit for raising me then. Listen, you don't have to agree to honor people. Come on, is that true? Somebody say amen, because I've been married 20 years. I still honor my wife, right? She still honors me. You don't have to agree every... When did we get in this little sissy society that everybody had to agree on everything? Can somebody say amen to that? Like, we all have to agree. Well, I don't want to be in that club. I don't want to be in that club. Because if you honoring me or Pastor Don or any other of the pastoral staff, if you honoring us depends solely on you agreeing with me, that might never happen. Because the issue is, is that God has called certain people. I'm not just talking about me, but the Bible says that, that wounds, from a, wounds from a friend can be trusted, right? Now, come on. It says, let a righteous man strike me. It's like oil on my head. So listen, God has placed familiar people around us to say tough things to us sometimes. And if we withhold honor from them because of that, then we're dishonoring God as much as them. Who else better to say tough things to you than the people that actually know you? Like, you're not my friend anymore. (laughs) If you're going to cast somebody off because they say, a tough thing to you, then you weren't friends to start with. 
It has nothing to do with the radio station. It's easy to forget what people did if you don't like what they're doing. Did you hear that? It's easy to forget what people did if you don't like what they're doing. Jesus had a reputation of healing people. Jesus had a reputation of being an amazing preacher. He comes in there. His reputation hadn't changed. Just what he was doing in the moment had changed. Do you know how many blessings we... I'm getting ahead of myself, but we're going to go there. Do you know how many blessings we refuse because we refuse to accept what's happening in the moment? Now watch this. Jesus had a reputation of teaching powerful truth and healing people. The healer and the teacher had shown up in their church. And because what he had said in the moment, they refused healing and teaching. You know how many people in your life that could could drop wisdom into your life in the immediate, but you won't let them do it because of what they're doing right now, not because of their reputation. Because their reputation is success, is, is wisdom, is pouring into people, all that stuff. But now they've come to you with a hard word. You're like, I'm not accepting that. Well, I don't know. Their reputation has worked to this point. Why wouldn't I take it? Oh, because I'm going to cast off everything. They, I'm going to forget everything they have done because of what they're doing now. Well, that's crazy, isn't it? Isn't it? You're like, well, they were mean to me. Well, you needed it. (laughs) Honor is what you give and wisdom is what you receive. Heard a guy say that honor is a recognition of distinction. You know, if we're not receiving the signal, it's not the radio station's problem. It's ours. I figured out when I was putting car radios in that you could get a really junky radio with a bad receiver and I couldn't pick up certain radio stations. That was really important. Because back in my day, you know, you had tape players. Somebody said, shoo, like it was so long ago. <laughs> tape players, right? And so you still listen to the radio. We didn't have Bluetooth. Didn't even know what that was. If you had a Bluetooth, it means you sucked on a lollipop. Um, have none of that. You depended on the radio station. And what I figured out was, is if I wanted to, if I wanted to be able to hear from more radio stations, I got a better radio, and I got a better antenna. Come on, say amen about the antenna. Now they put those, you can't even see the antenna. Back in our day, you'd like to think, put a tennis ball on the end of that thing. Just, woo, woo, right? Be huge. I'm like, man, that guy's getting, getting a hip-hop station from way somewhere else. Like, it'll just, woo. Some of you remember that? You used to put things on the end of your antenna? Now they got these little sissy, stubby ones that stick out the back of your car like this. Here's the issue. If you want to receive, you have to elevate. Come on. If you want to receive, then you have to be the one that elevates it. And so here's what I found out. The people that I elevate in my life are the ones that I receive the most from. Amen? The people that I'm willing to honor and elevate are the people that I'll receive the most from. And the oftentimes difficult thing is elevating the people closest to you. 
Because we're always trying to trick ourselves. Well, they know things about me, and, and I know things about them, and, and I don't know, you know, I'm scared. No, just honor and receive. Honor and receive. Elevate and receive. It doesn't have anything to do with the broadcast. It's got to do everything with your radio. Everything with your antenna. It's your setup. It's your issue. It's your choice to honor. Amen? Now watch this. Last thing. There's a blessing in honoring. And in this story, Nazareth missed it. Mark and Matthew record that he didn't hardly do any miracles in Nazareth. Nothing compared to what he accomplished in other towns in the surrounding area. Nothing. Nothing. So I started thinking about what we're missing out on. What am I missing out on? Who have I not elevated in my life that I could be receiving from right now? Who have I written off because I didn't agree with everything they said that I could be receiving from right now? I'm going to tell you something. When it comes to honor, I'm going to get a little greedy. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to just elevate everybody. Oh, you know something? I think you're awesome. Can I give you a couple of practical ways to do this? Very practical. I started taking a notebook to lunch with me almost every time I go. I don't care if I'm having lunch with a guy that, like off the street. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a notebook with me. You know why? Because, because if, here's the way this works. If somebody knows I'm going to write down what they say, they're more apt to tell me something. Like, hey, you got anything? What are you doing? Man, that was, that was a really good what you said. I'm going to write it down and remember it. Oh, I got some more. You want some more? Why don't, you take, why don't you take a notebook the next time you go to lunch with somebody? Why don't you ask questions more than you talk? You say, well, that's not really. No, that's honoring. That's practical ways of honoring. Man, I was just thinking about this. What do you think? You've automatically elevated them, and now you're able to receive from them. What do you think? Do you have to agree with it? No. But listen to this. You also don't have to tell them that you disagree with it. Here's what we do. We sit down. What do you think about this? Well, I think this. That's wrong. Okay. (laughs) That's my last time telling you what I think. If you disagree with it, just shut your mouth and write it down. Disagree. Now you don't do that. Just write it down. Because here's what I found out. You may disagree with it right now. But when you get a little wiser, you might not. Oh, man. Isn't, aren't we just constantly changing? Wouldn't it be so foolish to withhold honor with only what you know now? Wouldn't it be foolish? And then, and then you're, then next thing you know, it's 20 years later and you're like, I really wish I would have elevated that person in my life to learn from them, but I missed it. All because of the little bit we knew now. Now watch this. Now I've made this between us, right? But let's remember that those people in that day were rejecting the Son of God. And if anything I don't want to happen with you guys is a static of familiarity with God. And you're like, oh, wait, but aren't we supposed to be close to Jesus? Yeah, but I'm talking like Jesus is my homeboy. No, he's not. He's a king of kings and lord of lords. 
Jesus is my co-pilot. Well, you better switch seats. Jesus is, you know, we, we've, we've got a static of familiarity with Christ sometimes. And, and, and we're not honoring him with our time. We're not honoring him with our resources. We're not honoring him with anything except request, right? And so, so when the Son of God comes down and says, hey, listen, this is what I need you to do. We go, ah, pff, you're my homeboy, man. Chill out a little bit. Or we question everything he does. God, why? Why'd you do that? I've done that before. But you know what I found out? Jesus works the quickest on the people that question the least. You saw, you saw in Nazareth, there, he, he comes in and they're like, wait a second, who do you think you are saying this? Boom, done. We don't believe you. We know who you are. We, we're familiar with you. It's done, nothing. But then if you look in scripture another place, there's a, there's a centurion with a sick servant. Matthew chapter 8, 5 through 13. Watch this. When he had entered Capernaum. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, wait a second. Let me go back here. Wait a second. Surely you will quote this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. And you will tell me, do here in your hometown what, you have, what we have heard that you have done. Where? That was really good, wasn't it? Like, I put those two together. Matthew 8, 5 through 13. When he had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed and I'm suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. Do you know how? So you know what he did? He instantly, he didn't go, oh, I don't understand why you made my servant sick. You're going to have to give me full, you're going to have to tell me why you did it. No, you know what the centurion did? He elevated him instantly. He said, listen, I am not worthy for you to wipe your feet on my carpet. I'm not worthy for you to step through the threshold of my front door. I'm not worthy for you to come down my street. I'm elevating you to the point where you deserve to be elevated. And now I can receive from you. And what Jesus said, he was like, done. He's healed. Then he said, man, I've never seen anything like this. So we need to honor each other, but we need to honor the God of creation. We need to honor. We need to honor the King of kings and Lord of lords. And when things come into our life, we need to say, Lord, I am not worthy for you to come stepping into my house right now. We haven't cleaned it in a week. I'm not worthy for you to do that. I'm going to elevate you. I'm going to honor you, God. And by your grace and mercy, I believe that you're going to answer me. But it's not because I deserve it. I'm honoring you. It's not God's problem. It's my problem. Amen? It's a choice. Come on, stand up this morning. Let's choose to do this this week. Let's choose to honor each other. Paul writes later on that there's one thing we should compete in. He says, outdo each other in showing honor. Outdo it. He said, you should, you should compete in honoring others. He said, you should try to outdo each other in this, in this. He doesn't say that about anything else, but he says, outdo each other in showing honor to your wife, to your husband, to your kids. See how many people you can honor this week and then watch what you'll receive in the process. Amen.
Come on, all across the building. Father, we thank you for your word to us this morning. Lord, sometimes it's tough. Sometimes, Lord, it doesn't make sense. But it's your word, and it's worth honoring. It's your, it's your word. It's worth lifting up, Lord. It's worth recognizing this morning. It's worth receiving from today. And we pray that it change our lives. We pray that you do what we cannot do, Lord. Change us today, God. And we pray that this be a church, Lord, that is known for how it treats each other, Lord, for how we elevate each other, for how we honor each other, for how we honor our leaders, Lord. We pray, God, today that you change us, that that be what we are known, that be our reputation, God. And Lord, we pray we'd hold Jesus in high esteem, that we'd honor him every day. And Lord, we pray we wouldn't miss out on the blessing of elevating others, of elevating you that we receive from you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Come on, could you give him honor and glory this morning? Could you give him some praise? Amen.